everybody welcome into the highlight a uh, serious bo- podcast for only the most serious business people and today i'm bringing on a new serious friend uh who's obviously not here to have a good time uh for a long time or any of the other uh country cliches i've got uh pete weiss the marketing director of the one and only lexington kentucky georgetown based uh country boy brewing pete man welcome to the show thank you very much for having me and i uh appreciate you reaching out and, and getting us on yeah, man. Well, I was telling you a little bit in the pre-interview. This is uh, this is very full circle for me. I've I've told the barbecue stories and and all the restaurant entrepreneur stuff from those days a lot on this show specifically. And uh, we actually cut our teeth in the uh, food truck market in Lexington there. And Country Boy Brewing was one of the really nice local breweries there in Lexington, which for some reason nobody knows, or it's a very it's it's slept on as a secret. Really, like Lexington has a great local craft beer scene that that people don't really know about they they talk about the bourbon there a lot they talk about the food and the basketball and the horse racing and mm-hmm. and depending on the year of the football but uh but yeah man it's it's a great scene and, and country boy's been a great great friend of mine for a long time so i'm i'm pumped to be able to to do this with you today well it's funny you uh you told me that story and and i was uh actually taken back a little bit because i definitely ate your barbecue um, even before I worked for Country Boy, I, I was spending a lot of time and probably money in that tap room uh, drinking the good beer. So um, Lexington does have a great beer scene. Um, you know, we were the first tap room model brewery to open uh, in Lexington. So that was in 2012. West Six was soon behind us uh, about uh, two or three months later. And now we've got, uh, you know, in the teens number of breweries now. Wow. So breweries, cideries. Uh, distilleries. Um, it's a great town to to have a cocktail, to have a beer. And uh, we've got some great liquid coming out of central Kentucky. And I'll, I'll put it up against any of the big uh, the big name brew towns that uh, that are typically on the big lists. But I think we got some good stuff in Kentucky. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's funny because bourbon is such a big cliche. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. bourbon's amazing. But like, it's it, it it's so big that it overshadows uh, what's happening there in central Kentucky and, and people don't, don't talk about it enough, but I, I want to get into all of it with you. But at first, man, if you could just give us a little background on you and, and tell me how you went from, from tap room, uh, uh, guest and guy that won't leave the bar stool to now they like put you <laughs> on the team and they let you, they let you handle the marketing side of things. So it's, it's funny. It's, uh, kind of fortuitous. I, uh, when I graduated college, um, I moved back to, to Lexington and um, was searching for a job. I, I had a great um, internship with the local minor league baseball team, the Lexington Legends, and really uh, enjoyed that internship. So I went begging and pleading for a job from from those folks. And uh, it turned out uh, well that they decided to uh, give me a job there. And I was in charge of selling tickets. So uh, selling tickets to minor league baseball is, um, I mean, a lot of cold calls, a lot of uh, networking, a lot of introducing yourself to anybody that'll listen to you for five minutes. And I walked in to the uh, Country Boy Lexington Tap Room in 2011, the fall of 2011, uh, when it was just an empty space inside. Yeah, uh, the garage door was open. Uh, that kind of garage door that goes into the brewery side of things in, in Lexington. And sitting right there was one of the the four founders of Country Boy Brewing. His name is Jeff Beagle, and uh, introduced myself. You know, said I was selling uh, Lexington Legends tickets. It'd be great for their clients, their distributors. I didn't understand how startups worked back then. And he just <laughs> took one look up. He had, he was on a plastic table with all these blueprints in front of him, and he looked up. And he goes, 
we don't have any money. We haven't sold a single beer yet. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Let me know when you're opening because I'll be back to drink the beer for you. And, and hopefully that uh, that works out. So um, long story short, I met um, another uh, marketing director of another brewery here in Lexington uh, during that job with the, the legends. And um, I said, you know, I've always been interested on the marketing side more so than the sales side. If you've got any kind of openings coming up, let me know. And sure enough, uh, about six months later, he had an opening, um, and uh, and I got the the gig and fell, you know, basically neck deep into beer and spirits. So um, been on the bourbon side, been on the beer side, um, and and really enjoy the the industry. Really enjoy the difference between beer and spirits, and and how they can go together, and and people can partner together with barrel aged beers and things like that. Um, and during the height of, of COVID, um, I had known, again, I've known the, the guys at country boy just from being in the industry for, for years. So I've known them since the day they opened. Um, but you know, they were kind of reassessing how their business was going to come out the other end of COVID. And they reached out to me and, and, uh, had a plan in place of what they wanted to see. Uh, outside of the four walls of the tap room, those guys are fantastic at brewing beer. I mean, we have next level beers that, that are coming out of Country Boy Brewing. Um, and then what they needed help wa- with was the distribution side. Um, tap rooms were great. We have a great client base. We have a bunch of regulars, um, but distribution side is is can be confusing, and uh, especially the marketing side, not only coordinating distributors with retailers and making sure that the programming matches and, and we're telling the right story across all, um, you know, all formats of, of touch points on the consumer, whether it's digital, whether it's in store, whether it's on the can when they bring the, the six pack home uh, is what they were looking for. And, and that's really what excites me about the industry is, is being able to tell the stories of, uh, you know, four country boys that, that just by happenstance met together and, and started a brewery. Um, you know, with very little money, very uh, minor investments, and it grew to what it is today. So um, I, I think we have a great story. I think we have fantastic liquid and um, just really excited to continue to grow uh, what they started. Yeah, it's a, uh, I'm a big fan of the product. Like I said, we, we, we drank way too much of it in those nights when we would be selling <laughs> barbecue because it, it's a good combo. I mean, you get barbecue, a little beer and it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. There was many good nights and good memories, except for in the wintertime, there was never, you did those gigs just to, uh, maintain the relationship. You know, we, we didn't sell a lot of Q those nights, especially back then, but it was, uh, uh, it was rough, but the beer made it oh, yeah. much easier. Uh, what's your? I got to know before we get too deep. What's your favorite uh, beer right now from you guys? Oh goodness, uh, that's like asking what your favorite child is. Um, yeah. It depends on it depends on the time of day and, and mm. the situation mm. around it. Right now, uh, our super premium lager is what yeah. I'm having. Um, yeah. This is this is kind of our um, our play on a light beer. Um, so it's 100 calories. It's 3.1 carbs. All of the numbers are there, um, but you know it still has that big country boy beer flavor that we're looking for. Yeah. We call it beer, beer flavored beer at the end of the day. Um, but we brewed this beer specifically. Um, all of us are getting up there in age. We're not in our twenties anymore and the beer guts are starting to develop. So we needed something that was uh, a little bit lighter and, uh, yeah. and refreshing yep. to, uh, to, to cut down on the calories and carbs. But I'll tell you our, our new hazy IPA uh, witness the citrus is, is by far my favorite. Um, yeah. you know, at the end of the night when I know I don't have to, 
uh, have keys in my hand and I can sit down and have dinner. That's what I'm drinking is a, a witness. That's the, that's the move. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an old classic guy. I'm still just a fan of the cougar bait. That's my go-to when I, you know, when I see it in the store, or when I'm there, I, I, I just, I have a hard time breaking out of that rut. Cause that was like one of the mm -hmm. originals from back in the day. So it just became the habit. And uh, it's, I, it's, I, I've got to try the two new ones you just recommended though. I haven't had either yeah. of those yet. Um, you know, cougar bait, we, uh, we affectionately refer to the, uh, Georgetown Brewery and Taproom is the house that Cougar Bait built because yeah. uh, that beer is still paying our bills on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. um, that yeah. and Shotgun Wedding, uh, yeah. outside of the state, Shotgun Wedding is our most popular brand. It's a, a brown mm -hmm. ale that's aged over vanilla beans, and it just it mm -hmm. delivers on that flavor profile every single time. Yeah. So I got to know, like you guys are like, so the Taproom thing is interesting because it's definitely a local marketing angle, and I think it's very similar to how you would market a local restaurant. So I, th I think there's one level to that, and we can get into that later if we want, but I you know, you guys are on store shelves in, in, in liquor stores and grocery stores and all the, all the places in a bunch of different markets, but you're also competing for shelf space and, and design space and all the things with major multi-billion dollar brands. And, and you're the marketing guy for all that. And I know that you, you said it a bunch of times and I know it's true that, that the product is amazing and that you guys have next level brewers that care. Like you said, every liquid, that, every drop of liquid that comes out of the place matters a lot, but if until somebody tries it, they don't necessarily know that. And a lot of times they just, they might see that sort of messaging written and then they'll sort of ignore it for whatever reason until they mm -hmm. actually try it. And then they dive in. But like, what is your thoughts around getting that can or that bottle to stand out on the shelf from a distribution standpoint and getting that person to try it when there are so many options in that aisle? Well, it's uh, it, it kind of twofold. Um, one, when you're when you're in a retail setting, um, packaging matters. Um, mm. You know, packaging is is what the consumer sees first. Um, and my goal and, and and my mantra has always been: a consumer needs to know what's in that can before they buy it, um, and they need to be attracted to that can. So things like the name Cougar Bait, Shotgun Wedding. Halfway home, cliff jumper. These are all, you know, they call them in the industry fanciful names, but they're all just fun, lighthearted. You know, when you think of a country boy, you know, you think of somebody that's uh, out there fishing. Uh, you think of somebody that's, you know, riding in a truck for shotgun wedding. You think of somebody that's, you know, on Kentucky Lake jumping off the the quarry hills and and into the water. Those sorts of things are are what we're trying to relate to the consumer. Um, and we want them to know what's in the can before they buy it because they, we know that they can relate to that flavor profile. Um, yeah. you know, if, if you, you know, if, if you're a consumer and you pick something up that, you know, there's a lot of fantastic artwork labels out there in the industry right now, mm -hmm. but if you can't stand three feet back and see that it's a Blondale or an IPA or a stout or something like that, and you get that home that's a disappointment and it, it leaves a bad taste in the consumer's mouth. So we really want to shout loud and proud with our cans about what's inside, what flavors to expect, you know, where it's made, why it's made that way and why we think it deserves a place on that shelf. Um, so that's first and foremost. And then, and then secondly, like you said, the goal with, with my marketing and, and the way that, that, you know, I talk to our sales team and anybody that brings me, you know, sponsorships or opportunities or events or things like that. Um, our goal is to get a beer in people's hands. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't get a beer in people's hands, you know, we're a small company. We can't afford to say yes to every opportunity that comes along, you know, whether good or bad. I want to make sure that at the end of the day, 
we are sampling as many people as possible because I can't tell you how many times I've been out with our beer trailer and, and I poured a beer for somebody and their eyes light up and they just say, Oh wow. I've only had, you know, insert big domestic beer product. That's all I drink. This right here is something that I would love to go back to time and time again. So, um, just giving that, you know, craft beer is still only 12, 10 to 12% of, total beer sales uh, across really? the country. I didn't realize it was that low. For some reason, I would think it was higher, but maybe it's just because of who I am yeah, and the demographic goal, I fall in. The goal for the Brewers Association is to get it up to 20%. And um, mm. we've got a long way to go for that. And and a, a big piece of that is education. Um, you know, um, not only with, you know, the new drinkers that are turning 21 and looking for uh, a different beer experience every day, or, mm. you know, the people like, you know, my dad, who's, in his you know sixties and he never heard of craft beer before, you know, five years ago. And you know, right. what is it? Why is it so intimidating? No, it's not intimidating. You just got to, you know, tell the person behind the bar what you normally drink and they'll find something that, uh, that fits your palate. Yeah. So you guys are trying to, it's like, it's a weird balance. It sounds like between striking, a, like trying to be, um, what am I trying to say here? Like a, like familiar and so that you know kind of the flavor profile that you're getting, but also from a naming and labeling and branding standpoint saying, Hey, this is, this is how we're a little bit different than the other brands that are on here. Cause I will say from a craft beer standpoint, yeah, the art labels, it is a, like you almost, they almost become, if you took the name of the company off, I feel like a lot of the art based labels sort of end up looking a lot the same where some, somebody like you guys tends to stand out. It's like, Oh, this is, this is a very specific look and feel from a branding standpoint. We talk about in the marketing industry all the Mm -hmm. time. Do you guys have like a specific feeling you're trying to create when they're looking at the brand and they're trying to come in and sample it and all that kind of thing? Is that, is that something you guys focus on a lot? Absolutely. Um, We try to build a story around every brand that we bring to the market Um, Mm -hmm. and not a fake story. We want it to be authentic. Um, Right. You know, our, uh, we have um, one of our owners has since retired. We have uh, three, uh, full-time owners that are still part of the day-to-day operations of the brewery. They're in there every single day, uh, helping either make beer or make decisions. And, um, you know, one of them loves to fish. We have cougar bait with a fisherman on the front. He's throwing this big, uh, rod out there, the biggest cast you can have. Um, we've got another, uh, owner and brewer who loves, uh, rock climbing and hiking and camping in the Red River Gorge. So we have an entire series of beers that are based off of trail names in the Red River Gorge. Um, so uh, whether it's hiking or climbing trails, uh, if you've ever been there or if you're part of that hiking or, or climbing community, you'll recognize these names before you even reach for, for the can on yeah. the shelf. So um, we try to is develop these. Yeah. Well, the question there then is like, is that done? Is that, I guess there's a competitive advantage there where, if you're a local or you've ever been in that region, then it, it sort of stands out because you're like, oh, I do know what – like if you had a Miguel's flavored beer mm-hmm. or collab type thing. Miguel's is a big pizza place there in the Red River Gorge, right, for those of you that aren't in the Lexington, Kentucky area. But like if that – that that stands out to me. But then if I'm like down here in Nashville now and I see that, like that almost becomes a hindrance, right? Or Or is there still a – it's an overall connection there because it's like, Hey, everybody gets Cougar bait and that makes sense. But maybe that's why the, that brand sells so well shotgun. wedding. And I think, and I think most breweries will, will admit to this. We massage our marketing locally different than we do 
in our outside mm-hmm. territories. Um, so, you know, let's take Witness to Citrus, for example. That's our year-round hazy IPA. Again, probably my favorite beer right now coming out of the brewery that's year-round. And, um, you know, that brand locally resonates as, oh, that's the Red River Gorge beer. If I go to any bar, restaurant, you know, hiking uh, location, or even Miguel's Pizza after a hike in, in, in the gorge, that beer is going to be there. <clears throat> Excuse me. If we're down in, in your area in, in Nashville or Knoxville or something like that, we talk about the hiking, you know, getting out into the, the hills, into the mountains. Um, you know, there's fantastic hiking in, in the Smokies just in, in East Tennessee. And um, so w- we take it to that point of, you know, just being outside, being outdoors, doing the things that you love to do. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to emphasize with that beer is, is, is do what you love and, and drink what you really like. And we hope you like witness the citrus. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way you're selling it to me, man, I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta call a guy and get some like run, like a beer run back down here to where I'm at in Nashville. I got some friends in Lexington still. They, you guys are listening. I need you to hook me up, make it happen. Hey, there's uh, a great, uh, there's a great beer store right across the, the border in Franklin, Kentucky that, uh, that carries all our stuff. So. Uh, all right, next time. It's a, a little I, bit closer. It's I man, it's still a hike. I gotta all right. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I'm in. I'm sold. I'm gonna go and get on the road and, and make this happen. So something else you're talking about in there that, that's interesting to me. It sounds like you guys are speaking to a very specific uh what we call an ideal customer profile, right? Like you you mm-hmm. guys know very specifically who your customer is. Is there ever any temptation to try to to get outside of that to to chase the dollars and grow faster, or do you guys feel very confident in this is who we serve. This is how we serve them. And, and we know that our tribe will find us eventually. So we, uh, I'll credit this to our, our director of sales. Um, whenever we're talking to uh, a distribution team or to our own sales team internally, uh, he always talks about fishing in the country boy fishing holes. And the reason we say that is because we're not trying to be that brand that's going to be in, you know, for instance, downtown Louisville at all the hipster craft beer bars, you know, that's not the brand that we are. Um, we want to look for uh, the people that embrace, you know, that that outdoors lifestyle. We want to make sure that, you know, we're hitting the people that are, are going to be on the boats, on the ATVs. We want to make sure that we're, um, you know, focusing on folks that uh, that are playing golf and you know, disc golf and, and those sorts of just outdoor activities is really our bread and butter. Um, we do a lot better in, in kind of the suburb areas um more so than those kind of you know hip craft beer joints that are always looking for what's new what's next um there's there's very little loyalty uh brand loyalty in in craft beer and those kind of hip beer bars why is that like what is that just because they they enjoy the is it like them being able to brag hey i i tried the newest and greatest thing and that's part Mm -hmm. of their customer story Interesting. Yeah, that that's part of that um and also i mean here's ten thousand craft breweries in the country um, wow. and, and there's always something new coming out. And so it, it does have that, you know, if you get on untapped, everybody wants to be the first one to review it, the first one to talk about it. Um, you know, everybody's trying to find that next big thing to say, Hey, I tried that first. Um, you know, I remember that, uh, back in the day, I, I made a, a specific trip to Nashville, uh, to go to bearded Iris's brewery, um, specifically because they were the first folks in our region that were making these hazy IPAs that were just unbelievable. I mean, on another level. And uh, they're still making fantastic beer. Um, 
but uh, it, it's one of those things I wanted to, to go down there and try that first before before anybody else and tell everybody the story of their brewery and, and what they're all about. And so, um, you know, I think that uh, we want to try to find more of a, uh, a set customer that uh, knows that we have the solid liquid that they're looking for every single time they go to reach for a can or, or, or pull a draft. Yeah, so it's all about being very clear on who you serve, why you serve them, and then being very careful if you ever choose to deviate outside of that. That makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense to me. So then, so you got the core demographic down. You got a great product that people are. I mean, the word of mouth for that brand is huge. I remember that very vividly when we were there. I lived there for ten years, and as soon as you guys opened, it's all I freaking heard about because it was such a it was such a perfect brand name and brand stance and product market fit from a beer standpoint mm-hmm. for that demographic in Lexington. And so it just like a rocket ship took off compared to some of the other breweries that were there. And I mean, you guys are getting ready to celebrate what, 11, 12 years now in business. We just celebrated 11 years this 11. past week. So, um, yeah, it was 11 years in Lexington and six years in Georgetown. So yeah. I can't believe it's... that Georgetown place has been open six years already. That's, I know. That's I wild know. to me. Cause I remember I when that there. opened and I was like, that's a big deal. That's crazy. Yep, I, I was there day one and, and vividly remember it. And, we yeah, went, I, yeah, and we've since expanded that building, and we have more storage and more a brand new canning line in there. It's 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 a, a fantastic spot that that continues to serve as well. Yeah. So so we've got we got the product, we got who we're serving, we got all that lined up. So now you're talking about so you got the in store experience as well from the what the way the cans look compared to the rest of the lineup there as well. But so what else are you guys doing to help get the word out? Is there a is it is it live demos in the store? Is that the the key to getting people to try it and sample it? Or are you guys going the Facebook, Google, digital advertising, social media marketing route? Like what what's the play there? Uh, all of that is in our mix. Um, mm-hmm. You know, probably the the biggest investment into marketing for us is events. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that's a get a beer in people's hands uh, situation. So whether that's beer fests, whether that's community events, uh, I don't know if you remember the Woodland Art Fair uh, mm-hmm. is probably one of our biggest events every year. It draws people in um, from all over the region, and it has always been fantastic for us. Um, so anytime we can get our team out into the market to tell our story face to face with the consumer, that's going to be a number one. Uh, that goes into in-store demos, um, tastings, things like that. Uh, we have a, a, a new um, a new cider package coming out um, that uh, we're really excited about. It's kind of our big innovation piece in 2023, and um, just had our our national sales meeting and and talked to all the guys. And the big thing that I you know harped on was sample, 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 sample. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the only person in our, our brewery that lives in Louisville. So, um, you know, that kind of falls on me in, in this city, but I'm out at, uh, liquor barn, total wine, Kroger, any, any, anybody that will allow me to come in and I'm, I'm sampling them. So, um, that's definitely a big piece. And then we do have a, a, a pretty sizable, uh, budget dedicated to digital advertising. Um, mm-hmm. all of those pieces, all of the digital pieces are really a, um, a way to, get that brand recognition, mm-hmm. get our brand in front of, in front of eyes and let people see it. Uh, the good news about our, our two flagships of Cougar Bait and Shotgun Wedding is just hearing those names makes people giggle just a little bit. So, um, I think I've smiled every time you've said them. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> they still get me yeah. and I've known about it for, you know, seven, eight years now. <laughs> it, it, it puts a smile on people's face. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so having those brand names, um, 
you know, related to Country Boy Brewing goes a long way. So you can you can give that brand feeling to someone through a digital ad, uh, whether it's video, static ads, any of those sorts of things. Yeah. Do, do you guys like um, – I? so there's two questions I've got there. I want to do the events-based mm -hmm. one first because you guys are in so many different markets. And so how in the world – like are you trying to, to plug into local events depending on the market that you're in? Or like, like that's got to be a massively – that's a massive project to scale. It is. Um, in the state of Kentucky, we have uh, we have about two and a half sales reps. Um, so that helps a lot in that um, we've got bodies out in the market that that can keep their ear to the ground and and bring those opportunities back to uh, home base and let mm -hmm. us know. You know, do we need a trailer? Can we do crack and serve? Uh, you know, where's the beer coming from? Is it through distribution? Uh, we've got a law here in Kentucky that's uh, we call it. Uh, SB 11, which stands for Senate Bill 11, that passed back in 2017, I want to say, uh, that allows us to basically expand our taproom license into the community as long as we're invited by wow. whoever owns the property. So, um, you know, That's is awesome. the beer going through distribution? Is the beer coming from us? All of these sorts of things kind of play into um, into these events. And then in um, uh, territories that where we don't have uh, uh, an internal sales rep, we rely heavily on our distribution network. Um, we've chosen the the network that we're in uh, based off of the people that work there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we don't care what other brands they uh, they sell. Um, it it really is based off of the relationships we have, and um, and so we have full faith and trust in, in the folks to let us know, Hey, this is one you need to be at. You know, don't worry about this one over here. This is where the people come. This is where your craft drinkers are going to, to congregate. So we want to make sure that you're, you're out there loud and proud in front of them. Gotcha. All right. That's cool. That's, that's good on you guys. Cause I just thinking about that just feels uh, <laughs> overwhelming to my soul. And I'm just like, trust me. I think about every small town in Kentucky that had, cause I've been to catering in a lot. Oh, of yeah. And I just remember for the barbecue days, like we would have to, like the places I traveled were just wild for these random one-off events. And like, I mean, you get pretty busy chasing your tail and, and not get a lot of bang for your buck. I mean, I know we all love to say, and I do believe this, but at some point there's a, there's a line where it's like, Hey, we want everybody to try our beer and one is better than none and all that. But like 50,000 is better than five. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a, there's a, there's a cost of uh, what do they call it? Cost of goods or cost of service or whatever. Opportunity cost. Opportunity cost. Yep. yep. And let me tell you, we have been burned a time or two and, and those are just yeah. lessons you have to learn along the way. So it's, oh, yeah. it, they're not all home runs, uh, but yeah. we try oh, we'll to we'll have uh, 10,000 people so, here. It's going to be great. And then, 50 show up. I've, yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm having, it, I'm having this conversation <laughs> crazy for me. I'm having like nostalgic flashbacks to like LA Lexington, all the fun times uh -huh. I had there. And I'm also having like PTSD where I'm like, Hey, we're going to go do this event and it's going to be great for you guys. And then five people show up and it was, it was not what we were promised. So I, I yep. feel your pain, man. I, <laughs> that's rough. Yep. That's rough. So yeah. then, so the, the paid ads stuff is interesting. That's really where high B marketing plays in a lot. Like a lot of our customers are in the paid ad space, but, but for beer and, and spirits and all that kind of thing, you can't, I mean, selling online is, is sort of iffy in a state by state basis. And so you can't really go direct CTA kind of thing. So is the play to just go all brand awareness ads at that, at that point on, on the different platforms or. So, uh, in Kentucky, we can uh, sell direct to consumer. Okay. Uh, we do have the ability to ship direct to consumer. So, um, you know, it, it, people, we do get some orders in, in West 
far Western Kentucky, far Eastern Kentucky of people that, uh, that can't find the specific brand they want. Um, but most people settle for, you know, the brands that are in the stores, um, for the digital stuff. Um, you know, a lot of the times what we're doing is we have, um, basically a backend program that takes all of the data from sales, from, uh, our distribution team and reports that back to us. So we can see specifically what stores, uh, how many brands, when it was delivered, um, and, and know that that brand is on the shelf. So what we can do is, um, you know, through pre-roll ads or retargeting ads, um, really dig into uh, the specific consumer that has been in liquor stores or bars or um, other breweries and and focus on them to get them to be aware that that we have brands in their market um, and then are able to, you know, see uh, on the back end, if, if that's moving the needle in that specific zip code or, or, or things like yeah. that. So, um, we try to actually dig down as deep as possible and, uh, focus on, you know, certain DMAs or metro areas and, and mm-hmm. figure out, you know, okay, so we're moving this much product. We're going to put, you know, this budget towards it. And, and at the end of that, you know, two weeks later, we're going to see, spike in sales or, you know, maybe that's not our market. Let's move on to the next one and try that out. So, um, a lot of it's trial and error as I'm sure you're aware of, but, um, uh, we're definitely trying to dig down as, as deep as possible to make sure we're hitting the right consumers, uh, with the money we're able to throw at it. Yeah. It's so funny. I think there's a, uh, back to the storytelling piece earlier where we were talking about, like, there's a certain myth, uh, that we've created around craft beer that it sort of feels very, rustic and folksy and like uh organic and then you hear like time and time again every time i talk to somebody in a space like you're in and they're like hey we've got a lot of data there's a lot of smart stuff happening behind the scenes to make sure that we're not just burning cash because i think you know cash flow really matters even for a business of you guys' size and and longevity like cash flow is a big big deal and and marketing is a great way we say it all the time marketing is a great way to grow your business it's also a way to kill your business, whether you're exposing a bad product too quickly because you don't have product market fit yet, or you are uh, spending money on ads that you think are working. And then by the time you start getting money back and you realize not enough's coming back and mm-hmm. that return on ad spend, that ROAS has gone to gone to hell in a handbasket. And you're just like, Oh God, what have we done here? So my being office fractional is- like you guys, that's wild. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, my, no, my office is right across uh, the hall from our accountant. And, uh, you know, anytime that I'm spending money, he he can hear it happening, and he'll walk across the hall just to kind of sit at my desk like this and make sure that I'm not uh, overpromising anything. But I mean, you can look at the the Super Bowl this year and and see that you know there was more money spent this year on beverage alcohol than there was any year in the past ten years. Um, part of that was you know Anheuser Busch uh, letting up their exclusivity. Uh, agreement, but at the same time, you know, people see value in getting eyes on their brands. Um, yeah. You know, there were a lot of brands in the Super Bowl that I had never seen before, honestly. And whether they're new this year or just, you know, developing to that level, um, it, it, but there's a lot of money out there um, trying to to push people to, you know, your brand, and we're just trying to fight for a piece of that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times, depending on your company size and all that, you just you need a really, really well-rounded marketing plan. I think a lot of mm-hmm. times people, especially when they're newer to, to advertising their product and they're getting out of that that sales phase where they're just aggressively trying to close business and then also the 
referral word of mouth phase. And, and you know, marketing is really about building relationships long term. It's, mm-hmm. it's you got 100 people in front of you, maybe five want to buy. That's the people you sell to. But everybody else you have to build a relationship with because if you just try to sell to the person that's not ready to buy, they're going to be annoyed by you. And then you're going to hurt your brand in the in the short term and in the long run. And so, you know, it's it's interesting the way the Super Bowl ads go. That's almost its own TV show in its own regard. We have a uh, we have a weekly newsletter we put out, and tomorrow's email that's going out. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Thursday's email is all about our top three winners from the Super Bowl. And then uh, you'll love this the the dad joke name top three fumbles. So who who spent money and, and fumbled the ball? And I got a really nice mm-hmm. picture of Jalen Hurts there, and you know he's he's fumbling. I hope I don't have any Eagles fans on the list because you know maybe we'll piss them off. But I don't, it was too funny not to do. I had to do it. The dad no, in me perfect. was like, I got to hit this joke. So hey, so I got to like know it. what was your what was your favorite Super Bowl ad from the year? Oh man, I I hate to say it. I mean, I'm I'm such a sucker for Bud Light marketing. Uh, yeah, like I, I mean. I, I vividly remember the first time seeing the three frogs out there saying Budweiser. And oh, ever since yeah. then, I've looked forward to the Budweiser commercial every every single year. Um, some of them have hit home runs. Some of them have been, you know, duds. But uh, uh, I think the the whole commercial this year was was Miles absolutely Teller. fantastic. Yes, it was it was it was well thought out. It was kind of a more of a, a thinking man's ad than it was, you know, just yeah. Bud Light in your face. And uh, it, it's something that everybody in this country can relate to of sitting there on hold, just being like, Oh my God, what am I going to do for the next hour and a half that I have to sit here and wait? Yeah. So um, I think they, a party. yep. I think they hit a home run with that one. Yeah, I agree. That was uh, so my partner wrote this week's email and he's the one that broke down the, the Super Bowl ad. So he picked his top mm-hmm. three and his, his least favorite three. And uh, I think it was, it's either number two or number three was was the Bud Light ad, the the hold yeah. ad, and yep. uh, it was it was pretty long too. I want to say they they ran that spot for sixty seconds, maybe like it was a yeah. pretty pretty significant one. But it was it was so memorable. We 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 tried to break it down from an advertising perspective because we wanted to make sure like it's not just what we liked, but here's what you can actually take away from it from a marketer standpoint. And what you said is a hundred percent true. It's a relatable experience to all of us. And what they did that was really smart is they, instead of positioning Bud Light as the, um, as the hero of that ad, you know, they made Miles Teller the hero and they made Bud Light like a family member that was just there to help support, like a sidekick. And I think a lot of ads that get in trouble, they, they sort of flip that positioning where they say, oh, we'll be the hero and then you guys can just fall in line with us and come be cool or whatever. But yeah, I'm with you. That was, that was top three for me too. I, I really yeah. like that ad. Yeah. The, uh, the it didn't make our top three, but the one that I do like was the um, oh man, see it's not even that good because now I'm forgetting the name of the company. It was the dog, it was the dog food one where they were talking about the uh, the life of a dog, and you know uh, oh yes yes, yeah. and it was the I think it's again the you know relatively new dad in me, you know I've got a five year old, but still like once once I had that little girl man five years ago, mm-hmm. all of a sudden like you know, all the commercials in the world will start getting to me, and now I see this dog like aging up as a best friend. Oh that that got me. That was good. That was. Oh, I looked nostalgic. over. I looked over. My wife was like balling on at that one. She's you know such a dog person, and so I I, I fully understand like that yeah. that that hits a chord with a lot of people yeah. too. I'll tell you the commercial that uh you know we as the ad team over here what we argued about the most was the the workday commercial. Do you remember that one? I don't know if I remember that. It one. It was the one with all the '80s rock band people running around saying you know, how using the word rock star in an office, the fact that you, Oh yes, yes. Perfect. No, I do remember that now. 
this was like the big argument for us was like that's a good attention grabbing ad and so a lot of people were saying in the office at least were saying hey that's that's what makes it a good ad it got your attention you remember it and i'm like yeah but then you ask people what were they selling what were they trying to bring awareness to mm -hmm. and they were bringing awareness to workday and really what they brought awareness to was all the 80s rock bands and so i'm like it was a great 80s rock band commercial my spotify <laughs> playlist got updated immediately but like i didn't go to workday to figure out what that was all about and i own a company like i'm in the demographic i might be mm -hmm. somebody that needs that service so it's very tricky you have to be careful cuz you guys even like what you guys do with ads like you could get you could make a can tomorrow that connects with a certain person and gets attention for you, but then isn't actually going to help you down the stream because it's not actually in your ideal customer profile. So the fact that you guys are thinking that long term about it is is really cool mm -hmm. and inspiring for me. I feel like I got to step up my game as a as an advertiser, man. So thank you I for think, that. I think a, a piece of it is you know we want to make sure that that the country boy brand is is out there loud and proud in front of everybody, so uh, folks know that you know, again, who we are, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, you know, I've been a lot of a product. I've been a part of a lot of product launches in the past that have deviated from, um, you know, the core marketing and the core branding. And that just doesn't do any service to the company itself. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I can't say whether I like it or I hate it. But, you know, you look at you look at Bud Light, you know, they're taking that name into every aspect of their of their product line. So you've got Bud Light, you've got Bud Light Seltzer, you've got Bud Light Hard Sodas, you've got, you know, Bud Light this, that, and the other. Well, that's because Bud Light is that parent brand right there for light beer. And, and the consumer is always going to see that and recognize, you know, that's going to be light. So, yeah, you know, I definitely think that, uh, that you need to have that brand name loud and proud to make sure that people know uh, who it's from and why you're doing it. Yeah, I love that. Hey, that's about as strong of a word as we can end this thing on right there. I don't know if we could do any better. <laughs> hey, Pete, two things. One, is there anything we haven't covered that, you know, I did a bad job interviewing that we got to bring out at the end here? And then two, how can we connect with you and, and, and support you guys? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we hit pretty much everything. Um, you know, Cougar Bait and Shotgun Wedding are our most popular brand, so that's going to be the most likely thing you'll see on the shelf. Um you can always uh, follow us on social media to see what we're up to, uh, see all of our new ads, all of our new products. Um, we're going to have a new product launch coming up next month, so um, it'll probably get pretty interesting, and, and, and I'll be very busy behind the screen, uh, uh, hopefully uh, doing a good job with that one. So you can uh, stay tuned at Country Boy Brewing on Facebook and Instagram, and then we have um, uh, at Country Boy Brew on Twitter. So. Um, those are kind of the three big, big points for us. And if you ever need to reach out, it's called shout at countryboy.com is the email address. So feel free to give us a holler. Cool. We'll link all that up for you guys. And, uh, and hopefully if anybody needs any help selling beer, they'll, they'll, they know who to call. Pete's the man. Well, Pete, thanks you for joining me, man. Thanks for everybody that's listening today. We'll see you next week. Peace.